millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are well on this week's show. We will, of course, be looking ahead to Saturday's trip up to London Road to face Peterborough in League One. Joining me to look ahead to that big, big clash first up is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm full of the joys of spring, despite the fact we're, we're, we're well entrenched in winter because we're just off the back of three league wins. It's like I'm buzzing. It's the happiest I've ever been ever been wow Wembley wasn't that great then but uh yeah same and the old I don't think I've been on a pod since the old trip to Manchester either so even that despite the loss was a good day out so yeah good time to be a Charlton fan at the moment no exactly yeah living in the moment that's what I'm saying and also joining us uh, is Mr Lewis Cat. how you doing Lou yeah I'm good mate thank you how are you yeah, yeah not too bad so in terms of happiness and how happy you've ever been in your entire life how high up the scale are we now on the back of three league wins Oh, we're up there, aren't we? Because it seems so unlikely that we'd win three games in a row, or win a game at all. So now we've won three in a row. We're we're living the dream, to quote Nathan. So yeah, very happy. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to making it four, hopefully over the weekend. So we will be looking ahead to that game uh, with the posh. We have got, of course, uh, Dean Holden speaking about that game and about the mood in the camp and the injury updates and whatnot uh, in the show this evening. We've also, uh, we're going to hear from Ella Rutherford, head of the women's team home game uh, with Lewis on Sunday and a uh, little bit of a chat about the changes at the academy level as well. We're going to hear from uh, Danny Sender who's just got a bit of a promotion uh, later on in the show and then Nathan uh, from the Yellow Block Pod uh, will tell us all about Peterborough United who are on to um, the, their fourth turn with uh, Darren Ferguson which is a remarkable uh, lack of imagination there with in terms of picking a manager. So there we go. So um, first things first, as I said, we're on the back of three league wins. Uh, we did have that excellent performance up at Man United uh, last week as well. So mood in the camp uh, must be pretty good. And Dean Holden was asked about that this very afternoon. Um, no, it has been. You can't get away from that. You know, There is a really good feeling around the place. There's a, there's a good togetherness that I keep talking about. You can see that from some of the players that have not been involved as well. So uh, this has been a good week for us. Obviously, I touched on it after the game. This is the first full week we've had to work with the players. Um, we've had its, its challenges. In, in fairness, there was a, a couple due to play in the under 21s game that was that was cancelled late in uh, in the afternoon. So we had to sort of adjust around that. And uh, again, with the weather, it's just been incredible. Like we've, we've we've just about been able to work on half a pitch, really, just because of how wet the pitches are. It's it's uh, it's just a situation we're in. So yeah, we're making uh, we're making progress certainly in terms of what I want to see from from the team. And uh, again, the, the players have been really receptive to that. And you know, we move forward quickly. I was at the, I was at the Peterborough game there on Monday night, and uh, you know they, they've, with Darren going in, have obviously had a good win in his first game, so they'll be confident as well. So that's a, that's the next big challenge for us now. On a personal note, you've um, you've certainly made an impact uh, on the footballing side since you're coming in, um, but um, I have to say you've also made that impact uh, to the fans as well, um, uh, and very quickly in a way that probably I haven't seen for for a very long time. Certainly with with somebody who hasn't got a Charlton connection uh, in the past, particularly. So. Um, 
Do you get that as well? Did you see that uh, personally that you've you've made that quick connection with the fans? Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, I'm where I'm living. I'm I'm sort of away from the training ground. It's sort of I'm just embedding myself in everything. Charlton Athletic. So everywhere I turn, there's there's fans, and that's been great. To be honest, um, it's a big part of what we're trying to build. Uh, you know, around the culture of the football club, you can see on match days that the fans are, are enjoying it at the moment. We have to make sure that that stays the case. Um, and that's why we focus purely on this next one. But yeah, for me personally, it's been a. I've settled in. It's been easy. And, you know, I was a bit. I'll be totally honest with you. I was a little bit nervous coming in. A little bit going back to school. You know, you don't really know anyone other than two or three players that I'd worked with previously. So um, great people down here. Um, yeah, just settled in really, really smoothly. So um, no complaints so far in terms of that. Uh, we just need to make sure, as I keep touching on that. That we keep pushing forward, you know, we, we it's been it has been a good start. That's that's been much needed, and you can see the energy levels around the place. But yeah, we need to always focus on on the next one. We can't we can't rest on our laurels. There's still a lot of work to do. Just on a side note, I, I, when I asked that last question, when I was thinking about it, I tried to research to find out if you actually played at the Valley during your career. Um, I got two that were possibles: um, Rochdale and Chesterfield. You were in the squads, but I couldn't so, find it. Uh, yeah, that, that's that was going to be my question. So. Actually, not 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 on a pitch in anger. I was an so. excellent sub away from home. <laughs> um, is that biggest, true? I mean, yeah, I, I, my, I big, my biggest yeah. my biggest probably memory of, of Charlton is unfortunately getting sent off against uh, in the quarter final of the FA Cup at the at the Reebok as it was known then playing for Bolton. Me and uh, John Robinson had a little bit of a niggle uh, on the halfway line. I, I hit him with a really good tackle. Actually, it was really well timed. Even nowadays, it was be classed as a good tackle, and I left a bit on him. And uh, as I hit the ground, I think I was 19 at the time, he was obviously senior professional. As I hit the ground, he sort of pushed my head into the mud and said something. And it was about a minute or so later, I still couldn't let it go. And so we went face to face. And unfortunately, the, the great Graham Paul decided to give me a red card. So uh, that's probably my biggest memory of, of Charlton. But obviously, much, you know, much more recently, I've got a, better, a lot better memories. So we go, yeah, Dean... Um... In, ter- in terms of a manager coming in, in, in terms of what he can affect on the field of play, Tom, um, you know, to you know, and don't forget we did have that Oxford game in there and that draw with Peterborough in his first game. He, he must be reasonably happy with how things have gone since then. And as he said, it, it seemed to he seemed to have found a way to to pick up spirits in the camp as well, which we have to say was very important considering how how down we were, um, you know, under Ben Garner. Yeah, massive, and, and he deserves a huge amount of credit and. I'll hold my hands up and say I wasn't expecting this. Um, obviously, he came in relatively quietly because the club chose to announce it alongside all those other behind-the-scenes uh, uh, hires as well. But, look, I, again, hold my hands up. I was really disappointed to see Ben Garner go. I thought there was a, a long-term strategy there that I still believe would have had a chance had he been given the time. But the one thing that definitely was not good, particularly at the time that he left, was the the uh, morale or the the atmosphere around the club um, everything seemed very dejected and so for me yeah and I think I've said this in tweets and I've probably said it on a pod before it was never about the quality of the players you know I'm not going to say they're the best players in the world but I think they've got quality there and uh, and that had been shown in certain games uh, under Garner and so Holden didn't necessarily have to improve them in, in terms of their actual quality but what was needed was that group dynamic and that environment and that culture where they felt they could perform at their best and 
I do think in, in a very short space of time, we've started to see that already. Um, we were just saying, weren't we, uh, you know, when you kind of introduced us both there, look, I'm just first pod since the Man United game. The atmosphere at that, even though they lost, was in- incredible. You could see the unity and the bond between the fans and the players. And in the subsequent league games and the, the Lincoln game and and the most recent game against Barnsley, you can see that the, they're all playing for each other. That desire's there, that hunger's there. And so I'm not surprised there's a good mood in the camp. Obviously, winning games is going to breed that, but um, they just seem a lot more together. They seem like they're playing for each other and, and playing for the fans again. And I know you had your little exploration of the graph again at the weekend. Um, and, and obviously, that doesn't lie in terms of the, you know, the percentage chance of us breaking into those playoffs. But we're winning games at the moment, and that's all we can do now. We've, we've, maybe we've had our bad run, um, and if we can continue this, then who knows? We could be at least a part of the conversation. But just as a week-to-week fan, it's nice to go to a game and see us playing some nice football and winning some games. And yeah, Holden deserves a lot of credit for that. Yeah, and and he would have had a a busy week on his hands over the last few days, Lewis, considering you know he came in just after Christmas officially, or just before Christmas, wasn't it? Uh, the day after the, the Brighton game was his first day in charge. Um, so a very chaotic sort of regime and, and timeline that he had to work with. There was there was lots of games, midweek games, and, and, and this has actually been his first week, full week on a training pitch. And, and even that's come with its difficulties, as you mentioned there, in terms of you know the weather has, has hampered that a little bit. But it's the first time he's he's got to really put into the squad, you know, he, he's put in a bit of, I don't know, man management in terms of belief and, and whatnot over the last couple of weeks, which we've all seen. But actual tactics as well, I guess this will be something he can work on now. You know, he's changed formation a little bit, that sort of stuff. But this this is a chance for him to really drill his ideas into the team. So I'm guessing we'll be hoping that he's made a real good use of this week. Yeah, exactly. I think he's been waiting for this week a little while, isn't he? As you mentioned, it's, I think his first full week in training since he's had the job. Had a really busy festive period uh, and we've seen those positive results, you know, come through over the last couple of weeks and the performance up at United as well. We, you know, we spoke about last week, it was, it was incredible. You know, it's a real spirit running through that team now. It feels like Dean's come in and the whole place has had a lift, like not just the not just the players, but, but the fans, the club in general. Feels like a much nicer place to be. Um, and he's just this real likeable character, Dean Holden. And I feel like... We needed something like that. It needed sort of someone to come in and sort of put their arm around everyone and say, "Look, you know, we need to get out of this rut. This is how we're going to do it." Uh, and he and he seems to just have, you know, the, he seems to get it. I think I saw someone tweet that Dean Holden just gets it and gets us, which is so important for us. You know, we've always succeeded under managers that understand what the Charlton ethos is and and what we're about. And it feels like, you know, in the early stages, of course, but it feels like Dean really understands that. Um, for me, it's a shame that the deal is only to the end of the season, but obviously he's got more time to prove himself between now and May. There's a lot of football to be played. Um, but it just feels like everything has, has been given a bit of a lift and, and we're seeing players perform and, and players maybe doing the basics a bit more. Um, I spoke to someone the other day about Ryan Innes. It feels like he's more focused on defending now rather than dealing with a ball at his feet, which are his strengths. You know, we've seen the development of Lucas Ness. I know he's been in and around the team when Ben was here too, obviously put out on loan. We saw him a lot pre-season, but he's settled in the team and, and looks like a real player. And it just feels to be that, it feels like there's a real fluidity running like through the team now. We're seeing the best of Scott Fraser. And it, and it's a great, you know, it's a great feeling. You know, we haven't really had this this season. 
and you got to give Dean so much credit for giving everybody a lift because it was dire. You know, when he came in, it was dire. But before that night against Brighton, the mood around the place was as low as we can remember. You know, you used the words on the radio in our lowest ebb, and that was exactly where we were. And that feels like a bit of a mem- like a bit of a memory now. You know, it feels like that's behind us, and it feels like we're on upward trajectory on the pitch at the very least. So, yeah, you know, I'm really enjoying following Charlton with Dean Holden at the helm at the moment. I'm really looking forward to Saturday and, you know, long may this sort of positive attitude continue because it feels like the fans and the and the football inside are all in all in unison together and it and it's really good because you can achieve so much that way. Mm. I mean, a lot of people speak about a phenomenon called the, the new manager bounce, um, Tom. And I don't know whether, you know, I think if people actually statistically look into it, there, there probably isn't a great deal in it. But, you know, there, there is sometimes a feeling that, a new person comes in, shakes things up, and we have seen it time and again, really, at clubs, and that he can make a difference. So I guess the importance of this week on the training ground will actually be to try and cement some of those some of those improvements in, into business as usual this week for him and making sure this isn't just a little bit of a, a flash in the pan at the start of his addict's tenure. Yeah, and I think different voices obviously can uh, can yield different results. And... I suspect that that new manager bounce where it does happen is usually because players have fallen out with managers or that toxic atmosphere exists. And although, as you've both said, and as I've said, you know, as a club, we were at uh, lowest ebb was, was the term you'd used. We were certainly not in a good place. I don't know necessarily whether Garner had lost the dressing room, to use another quote, or whether he'd fallen out with a lot of players. Who knows? There might be speculation one way or the other. But I think to get another voice in, can, can certainly give them a lift. But having said all of that, he's not pulling any punches. He's not taking any prisoners. You know, he's not come in and started to put an arm round players and, you know, sort of mollycoddle them into this performance. He's been quite brutal in, in some of the things he said. You know, he said, look, if, if they're not prepared to do this, then they're not going to play for me, blah, 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 blah. And the sort of stuff that, you know, you hear you people say that you can't, manage young players in that sort of way these days um, quite an old school approach I guess so yeah I, I think he's come in as I say it has been refreshing I've enjoyed him saying that and, and getting performances out of these players uh, and as you say it's now about cultivating that and as Lewis says there he's in that difficult sort of position where you know if we win a few more in a row then potentially as I say we could be mixing it at the end of the season although it's a long shot but at the same time at the moment he's got at the back of his mind well he's only here till summer now is that because they've already got someone in mind? Is that because of all this takeover, non-takeover chat going on? It's all a little bit mysterious at the moment, but all he can do is focus on his players. He's only here to focus on that. And at the moment, he's getting that tune out of them. So, I mean, we're setting us up for a humiliating defeat, aren't we, at Peterborough? But the way it's going, he's really getting a a good group together and, and getting performances out of them, which, uh, yeah, as you say, he's going to want to build on now. Mm. I've been worried about how you notice that Dean is trying to manage sort of like the the mood of the club with with, with the way he speaks about fans and stuff. But he he has at the same time bought into a lot of I don't know maybe the history around the club. I, I know behind the scenes he's been he's been speaking to you know some some of the the legends around the building. I'm sure you can guess who they are. You think about who's around there, but you know, and, and we know he went to the pub. Um, to, to speak to fans, this sort of thing. I mean, I, I often say things like going to the pub in particular is is an easy win because, you know, it, it makes you look good, but at the same time, anyone can walk into a pub. But you don't always get managers who do that sort of stuff at the same time and want to learn a bit about, 
you know, the, the club, its history, its supporters as well. So I, I guess you have to put that down as a tick that he is doing this and going and trying to find out a little bit more. And, and, and maybe that will help to, to, to buy in, you know, the buy-in from the squad. They'll, if the manager knows about the the mentality of the supporters, then, then maybe that can feed through to the, um, to, to, the, to the players as well, Lewis. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's key to, to buy into the culture of this football club is is massive. And yeah, the pub, as you say, easy win at the start of his tenure. Um, he's been speaking to some really important people around the football club. Um, he's asked to meet myself and Lucy as well, which is great. I don't know when that's going to be, but it'd be nice to, to have a chat with him and, you know, get across what the fans are about here, which I'm sure he sees every week anyway, especially up at Old Trafford. He, you know, that, that was the best example of this football club. Um and, you know, I just think that he's the sort of character that people can really get behind. You know, when he came in, there were a few sort of like, you know, moans and groans. Like, oh, it's, it was not a big name. It's not this. It's not that. But he, he's come in and kind of studied the ship, which was the most important thing. You know, he's getting belief out of the players that are already here because we know we're not going to have a big turnover of players when a new manager comes in because of the funding and, and the transfers, etc. Um, so he's got to make you know, make do with what he's got and he's getting the best out of those players at the moment, which is all you can ask for. So I think as well, you know, with, with Macaulay Bond coming in, I think that's uh, that's one that he can have a positive influence on as well because he seems like a player with a point to prove and that to me seems like sort of bread and butter for Dean Holden to get the best out of players like that. So look, I think at the moment it's, it seems to be such a positive fit for the football club that he's here. Um I'm really enjoying it. You know, I love the way he comes across and the way he speaks. And if we can keep up this run, then, you know, who knows where we'll be. We might defy the odds of your graph, but <laughs> you never know. But um, yeah, the way the way it feels at the moment is really positive and, and I'm, you know, I'm really happy about that. Mm. I guess one thing we haven't seen too much from Dean yet is how we will deal with adversity at the club, you know, in terms of on the field of play. Um, the, the I guess the, the, the first half performance at Oxford in particular, was, was was a good example of that. And he changed things up and we actually had a better second half. Um, but yeah, other than that, obviously we, we played a, the, the opening game against Peterborough. was a fairly even game that either side could have won. Like I said, Oxford was a, a disaster in the first half, but he tweaked things at half time and, and we were better, but didn't really do enough to get back into it. And then, and then obviously we've won the other three league games since then and played well up at Man United. So it will be interesting when that, that other side of the coin on the field of play uh, sort of comes comes into play and, and, and we see how he would react to that and deal with that and that will come down to not just man management of players but also his tactical analysis which again we haven't yeah we've seen change in formation but we haven't seen too too much of it yet and how we will react to, to in-game things Tom. Yeah you say when it happens I'll say if it happens maybe we'll go and win every single game for the rest of the season but you're right. He obviously, and I would have referenced the same as you, that Oxford first half is about as bad as it's been under him. And, you know, he rung the changes at half time and we did see an improvement. Obviously, we didn't get anything out of the game in the end, but we, we did see an improvement in performance. And I think he probably trusts his, his tactical, and I think you just said it there, his tactical now. You know, if he if he has faith in his tactical methods, then when we do lose a game, he will go back to knowing that they are solid and believing that they will will turn the, the ship around again and and hopefully we don't sort of spiral. But this feels a little bit like a team and, and I haven't got all of our results in front of me at the moment. It feels like a bit of a team that does go on runs. We seem to go through six or seven unbeaten, then six or seven where we maybe win one or, or even none, then some winning again. And, and it doesn't, you know, it feels like we're a bit patchy at the moment and at the moment we're in a very good run of form. So... 
yeah, I guess that what I've just talked about is a slight legacy of the Ben Garner era. So if and when we do lose a game, it'll be interesting to see whether that pattern continues and we go on a bit of a run or whether actually we get a loss and, and got, um, Holden's able to just shake that out of them and turn it around the very next game. And yeah, as, as I think we all say, we're still thinking that the, the playoffs is uh, a pipe dream at best. But at the same time, if we can put a strong end to this season, I think somebody said it maybe on Sunday's show that, you know, next season starts now, basically. Uh, and if we have to look at it like that, obviously as fans we don't want to, then can we carry that momentum in? Um, and again, that depends on whether Holden's here next year or not. But yeah, I think he, he's confident enough in himself to know that if he does go on a bad run, he will have the tools available to get us back out of it again. Yeah, well, I mean, it obviously depends on the the off-field situation at the club as well, which we haven't really touched on for for a couple of shows now, just because I have absolutely no idea what's going on. Nothing gets any clearer, does it? Um, you know, Charlie Meffin was still there at the game last week, even though he wasn't in the director's box. He was sat in a box in the uh, Alan Kerbishley stand last week. Um, so, yeah, no, no idea what's going on. No idea if they if these people were to come in, uh, what exactly they, 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 they tried to achieve with Dean at the helm. But, you know, early days so far, Dean's done. Uh, De- Dean's done what he's had to do since coming into the club. Right, well, let's have a look at a bit of a squad update then ahead of the trip to uh, Peterborough on Saturday. Um, obviously, we saw that um, we, we lost a couple against Barnsley. Uh, Todd Kane, the Coventry Loney, uh, limped off uh, just before half time. Of course, uh, Stephen Session uh, was injured before the game. Uh, we pulled out of the of the warm up at least. So, uh, first of all, Dean Holden was asked for an update on those two. Todd, unfortunately, has got a hamstring issue. It's, it's going to be a number of weeks before we, before he returns to the to the team. Um, Stephen is, you know, he was disappointed. He had to pull out before the game last week. He just felt something in, in that knee. But he, again, it's as a touched on post game, it's something that he's been managing really since he came to the football club. So um, he was actually on the grass again this morning for the first time, and we're assessing him, we're assessing him day to day. It's it's, it's just an issue that, that he's having to manage, which again is not ideal for a, particularly for a young player. But uh, his attitude's fantastic. He always puts himself up uh, for selection when, when possible. And last week it, it was just a little bit too sore. He just felt something in the warm up, and we had to we had to make the changes. And you know, you know, the boys responded really well. I have to say, in a little bit of adversity. And uh, yeah, you did, we did respond well, but does that leave us a little bit light on that left side? And does that affect um, any potential signings that might be coming in as a result of that? We, we listen. We've been looking for for that position for for a while now. Um, it, it's not easy because you think there's one close, and then things change all the time. I forgot how mad this this window was uh, from your previous job when I was at Bristol City. It, it is a little bit crazy like that. You think something's really close, and all of a sudden there's managerial changes and all kinds of things that you see are happening, ain't there? So. Um, We'll, we'll keep work, we'll keep working. We're really confident that we're, that we're still going to add to the squad, um, and we'll yeah we're, we're really calm at the same time because we know there's what is it a week or so to go yet in the window, a bit longer than that. So I think once we get past this weekend's fixtures, players that are maybe waiting to see what's around the corner, both here to leave and players to come in, will and I think it's a big week next week in terms of the window. Potentially mad as well by the sounds of it. Um, you've made I mean aside from injuries, you've made changes to the squad since you've arrived. Uh, you said you wanted a reaction from players who might be left out, or uh, even when you bring them in for the first time, and, and you seem to have got that reaction, especially from from the younger players. Yeah, again, it's that's what's demanded from them. There's, there's no doubt about that. But you know, it is on the player to, to show me and the staff what you know what they're made of, particularly when they're not in that starting team or they're coming from the bench, whatever the situation is. So. That's a key message really from last week's game. Is obviously uh, Tyrese wasn't in the squad for the previous one, and he comes in out of the blue a little bit, and uh, yeah, performed well and obviously scored. So great moment for him. I seen that video that you guys put on, um, going through from when he was in the academy and whoever put that together, well done. 
Um, brilliant moment, weren't it? So, yeah, he's a he's he's a, he's, a, he's the most probably recent example of, of that, and, it, and it'll, it'll keep happening. You know, we're not going to be able to play the same team for every game. That's just the situation we're in, and everybody that's that's here that's training well, that's showing me that they're a good teammate when they're not in the team. You know, that's being a providing good energy around the place. There's all this that comes into it. And Tyrese essentially trained really well last week and just something caught me eye and I went with my gut instinct. So, you know, the players are well aware of that. We talk about it every day. There we go. So, I mean, Dean talking about bringing the youngsters in as we heard at the end there. But, I mean, first of all, th- th- those two injuries, Lewis, a bit of a struggle, particularly for, for Todd Kane, you know, when when you bring in a player uh, to, to help sort of plug a gap, you know, I mean, Todd, Todd was playing left back because Cess had, had limped out. Uh, but he he can play right back as well, and so someone who could sort of play across the uh, the, the the different areas. Um, for him to be out missing for a number of weeks is uh, well quite in keeping really with our injury record. But it's it's a massive blow nonetheless. Yeah, it's bloody typical, isn't it? Really, but um, yeah, look, it, it's a shame because I think Todd's one of those signings that is very versatile and you know can sort of fit in and play in loads of different positions and cover which is obviously something we need when we have the injury record that we do across the board um and we didn't really see or get a good look of him on Saturday because he was one playing a little bit out of position on the left hand side which is not his strongest side but also because he went off injured um so it's a real shame um hopefully he can come back you know a little bit quicker than the first thought I know he said a number of weeks so you know that how much improvement can be made on that but you know it'd be good to see him back in as soon as possible um and with Cess as well you know Cess and Jan I think has been one of our sort of key performers this season and I read that he'd, he'd been struggling with a with a bit of an injury throughout the entire season so you know I think he's really key for us so if we can get him back fit as soon as possible as well you know it'd be key because all, all of these players have a part to play in in pushing us further up the league and, and trying to get us you know in a in that unlikely top six battle um, and if we're going to do that, we need our best players. And, you know, for me, I've been really impressed with Cess. So hopefully we can get him fighting fit for Saturday because I think he'll be he'll be really important, especially coming up against a side like Peterborough at home that have got a great record. Yeah, and, and yeah, a, a hassle. I mean, Dean did, did speak at the end there about some of the youngsters who, who've come in um, to the side, particularly about Tyrese Campbell, obviously got his goal against Barnsley on, on Saturday and was excellent. Um, in in that game, in and out of the as, of the side, as you'd expect. Now, it's always a risk with the with the, with the young guns coming in, as we know, Tom. And, and you can look at some of them who've been asked to, to 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 feature so far this season who clearly aren't ready yet, like like Richard Chin or you know Sam Lavelle, who's a, a youngster at the age of about twenty six. But um, yeah, obviously. It's it's a gamble, but it is nice to see the likes of of Tyrese or you know uh, Lucas Ness coming in and actually performing. And it, it's it's been a bit of a club motto for a long time now. But if you're if you're good enough, you are old enough, and you certainly get your chances at this club. So that that is uh, that is something that is something we can enjoy from this season so far. Yeah, nice to see you get your weekly uh, Lavelle dig in there. But I think I think there is a difference in. We've talked so many times on this show about the players that have been dropped in and, and forced to play, like people like Carlin and, and Joe Pigger are, are names that spring to mind and probably the ones we always use as examples. But it doesn't feel like we've done that in the same way. Like Obviously, Lucas Ness has played a lot of games, um, but it doesn't feel like we're having to play him. It feels like we're choosing to play him because he's performing well. Uh, similarly with Miles, I, I don't think that we are. And I think that if Miles needed a rest... Um, we would, uh, particularly now McCauley's here, we would we would uh, give him that chance to have a break. 
Um, and same with Tyrese, you know, he'd gone three or four games, maybe more, without without a game. And I was really shocked when I saw his name in the lineup because I'd almost forgotten about him. So, yeah, for him to then come in and to get that goal and to see what he can achieve is obviously fantastic as well. So, yeah, there's a there is a fine line to tread between forcing these players to play week in, week out, particularly in a team that are down on its luck. And then giving these players an opportunity in a team that's actually performing quite well. And at the moment, I feel that's what's happening. Going back to one of your earlier questions, if we start to get in a bit of a rut, if we did start to get a bit of an injury crisis on the wing, then, you know, suddenly if we're flogging Tyrese and Miles up there week after week, then it's a different question. But at the moment, I feel like we're taking advantage of our fantastic academy and playing players that are in form. And, you know, whatever you think of the likes of people like Lavelle, for example... Lucas Ness is keeping players like that out of the side and O'Connell for example now back fit he's going to have to work his way back in I've even seen it with Maynard Brewer in, in goal you know I don't I don't think Jojo's back yet in terms of his broken finger or or whatever but uh, again he's going to be one that has to fight for his place so these are youngsters that are proving themselves incredibly capable at this level and, and they deserve the opportunity they're getting. And it's interesting actually to see how different players react to, to these chances in the first team. So, I mean, you mentioned Miles there. Um, I think it's easy to forget that Miles at the start of the season was effectively Mason Birthday last season, as in he was scoring goals, you know, and Mason had a, had a handful of goals, but he, his overall gameplay wasn't there yet. But the difference between Miles this season and Mason last season, there's been a clear progression in terms of hold-up play, link-up play, all that sort of stuff that Miles has brought to his game to make him now the all-rounded striker. And that's from taking his chance in the first team and growing with that experience. Whereas if you compare that to, to Mason last season, he didn't get any better over the course of the season. He was about the same. Um, and obviously obviously got his move to Chelsea where he will now be given more tools to try and improve and become the player that you know a lot of us suspect he can do. But it's, it's interesting that Miles... In terms of a striker, I've never, I don't think I've seen one come in at his age and improve that quickly. Even when you compare it to, as you said, I mean, Carlin Grant, he was a champion, a very good striker by the time he left us, championship level striker who's even played Premier League. It's, it's easy to forget he was absolutely rubbish for a couple of years when given that first team experience. So it's remarkable how how my, how well Miles has taken to it, and, and it really is something that to enjoy watching. I mean, just what, what, one other thing, I mean. Dean was asked there if those injuries to to Cess and and to Todd Kane uh, has changed what we need to look for in in the window. We're still looking for a left back, obviously. Uh, I think we do need one. Is there anything else you, you're desperate for, Lewis? I mean, it, creeping towards the end of the month now. We signed we signed two. One of them's already injured, but um, yeah, we're, we're we're getting closer to not panic stations, but there's what just over a, a week and a bit left to go. Any anything you're desperate for before before the end of the window? Um, I think for me it depends on the outgoings because I know that we, it was it was sort of documented at the start of the window or at the back end of December that we would likely see those fringe players move on. So, you know, we've seen Craig McGillivray go and we've seen Jake Forstakowski go, um, and those positions maybe ones they want to backfill. I mean, it feels like we're we're fairly sort of stacked in midfield at the moment. You know, you got to look at Dobbo and and Scotty Fraser, both completely, you know, pretty much undroppable. Then you've got the likes of, you know, Albie, Jack Payne and, and Aaron Henry fighting for maybe that third midfield spot. Um, in terms of wingers as well, you know, you've got Corey. Um, Corey playing well, Jez is playing well. Um, Tyrese, is, as you say, came in at the weekend and did well. So are we stuck there? DJ, would he be considered as a, as a fringe player? I don't know. So 
I think if I was picking positions, then maybe that the left-sided centre-half is probably one I'd look at because I don't think we have one. I mean, Ness may be left-footed and I just can't remember. But uh, I know we were linked with that Teo Eden from, from Blackburn. I think he got injured last week, which, you know, he'd fit in very well here. Um, so maybe a left-sided centre-half just to stack that out a little bit. Um, and then dependent on what happens with Jaden, to be honest, if... Yeah, you know, it's reported quite a lot that Jaden could leave. If he does go, then I still think we need another striker, regardless of bringing in, you know, bringing Maka back in and, and with Lieberman playing as well as he is. You know, if one of them goes, you leave yourself with one option. Chucks is still injured and we don't know when he's going to be back. So, depend for me, if, if Jaden goes, then then a striker, um, I think we would need as well. So, yeah, less solid centre half and, and a striker, depending on what happens with, with Stockley. Uh, well, let's see what happens over the next few weeks. Right, we know what's happening on Saturday, though. It's a trip to Peterborough in League One. The uh, Posh, of course, have just done their uh, annual switch between uh, Grant McCann and Darren Ferguson. Uh, so uh, when uh, when they came to us on Boxing Day, it was still McCann. Now it is Darren Ferguson. So Dean Holden was asked uh, if he expects to see a different Peterborough side uh, now that the old boss has returned for his fourth stint in charge. Yeah, I think so. As I said, touched on before, I was at the game the other night. It looks like Darren maybe simplified it a little bit. He's gone to a back four again. Um, they've got players in there that on the day are really good players at this level. You know, the likes of Polka, who plays just off the front. Uh, of course, big Johnson Clark Harris is a threat, always will be. So it's, it's essentially about stopping that source for us. Um, you know, that was a, t- a difficult game from the other night. Port Vale missed a, well, I say missed a big chance, the goalkeeper. Norris made an excellent point blank save and then. They stepped on the gas a little bit and they were the better team after that and uh, probably could have won by more goals So on a difficult pitch. So, yeah, we're well prepared. We're well prepared. The players know exactly what what's expected of, of them in terms of what Peterborough will bring and, and also how we can go there and, and look to come back with the three points. There we go. So, yeah, I mean, Dean's Dean spoken there about a, a little bit of a switch in, in shape for, for Peterborough already and, and they got that win uh, on, on Monday night on a telly against Port Vale. We're going to hear uh, later on in the show from, from Nathan Brown as well from the Yellow Block pod who will tell us a bit more about Posh. But, yeah, uh, I mean, f- from our point of view, Tom, um, you know, like I say, off the back of three wins, um, what we look at, maybe selection headaches maybe with Maka coming back into the to, off the bench, you know, coming back into the squad after, after rejoining. Um, you know, there will be some sort of decision to be made now that Todd Kane's out injured. We went to that three at the back in the second half against Barnsley. These are little things that, that Dean will, will be thinking about as to as to where he sticks and where he twists in terms of the of the of the team. I mean, I mean, if if you were if you were in charge, would you be would you be saying right, Macca straight into to play alongside Lee Byrne or, or run one of the channels? What what sort of, sh- of team would you like to see for Saturday? I'd like to see us take it to them, um, and whether we can do that with the potential five at the back, I'm not sure. Um, but as you say, we're probably going to have to do that because of the injuries. Uh, I thought Maka coming on was effective. I don't know what his match fitness is like, so whether he can get through a full 90, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But it's one of those where you, you don't want to change a, a winning side too much unless you have to. Um, I know Payne and, and Morgan have kind of been rotating each week, so that might be a straight swap. But as, as Lewis said, then the other two there, Dobson and Fraser, are pretty much undroppable. Uh, and then out wide, it's whether, you know, again, was Corey just rested for the Barnsley game um, to give Tyrese a go and, and maybe he could come back in. So the only real changes I, I think I'd like to see are like for like, apart from any that are necessary. So I think we probably are going to have to slightly tweak our shape and, and probably go for that 
that five or, or three three central defenders um, to to accommodate for the the loss of of Kane. But then going forwards, as I say, I'd really like to take it to them, but I don't think that necessarily means chucking Bon and Lieburn in there or anything like that. I think it means utilizing that, similar to what we did at, at Old Trafford. You know, utilizing our pace on the counter if we can, um, with the likes of Corey and Jez and and see if they can get something into Miles and keep Bon back. You know, if if we are one nil down or anything like that towards the back end of the game great to be able to have him as an option with his with his pace with his hold up play with his ability to kind of rough up the opposition like we saw against Barnsley and yeah I think I'd prefer to kind of keep my powder dry on that one particularly whilst he's playing his way into match fitness mm, yeah I mean, our record against Peterborough is rubbish Lewis we've uh, I think winless in our last nine uh, in all competitions winless in our last four trips to uh, London Road in all competitions. Our last win there was 2015, that 4-1 win in the League Cup. You remember when Cashy scored from, from miles out. Our last league win there was in 2010, so 13 years ago, a 5-1 win. Uh, I remember Johnny Jackson scoring in that one. Uh, I think Lee Martin was on the score sheet as well. So um, we're going into like a, a game with a, a team that's a bit of a bogey team for us. But, I mean, I mentioned it already, the, the importance of that momentum that we've got behind us that 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 can't be underestimated can it because when you get on a run you you can really get you can really get on one it's important to make sure that you know last time we got on a little bit of a run that free game winning run it came to a shuddering halt and we went eight without a win it's important to try and this time really make make use of that little bit of momentum behind us yeah massively you know it's important because it's it's not just the three games it's the it's the momentum everywhere else that we've built it's the positive attitude it's the belief that we've got I think you've got to run with it now. And, you know, Posh are there at home. Their, their home record, as you say, is quite good. They've only lost three at home all season. But in terms of their overall form, they've had a bit of a wobble of late. Um, so, look, I think it's going to be one of those games where, look, if we want to be in the top six, we've got to beat these people. We've got to beat the people that are near the near that top six bracket, if you like. And, you know, if we beat Posh on Saturday and results go the right way, then the, the gap shrinks even further. So, it's going to be a tough game. You know, I think Clark Harris probably the best striker in the league, if not one of. Um, and we're going to be interesting to see how we line up against him and how we cope with him. I think against the home game we had against them, he was he was sort of defended against quite well. So look, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough game, but we've got to go out there with a bit of belief, especially off the back of how we've been playing lately. And it sounds like we're taking over fifteen hundred fans up, which is going to be great and, and noisy, and I'm sure we'll generate a real atmosphere. So. We've got to go out there with a the belief that we can beat them. And if we do, then that'd be a fantastic you know, set of results and we can really kick on from there. Excellent stuff. Right, well, we will concentrate more on the trip to Peterborough uh, in a few moments. Time. We're going to have a break now. And after that, we're going to hear from Ella Rutherford. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's done. Yes! 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 Dream lads! Charlotte have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Guess it! Come on! What a time to be here! Here on Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Peterborough away coming up on Saturday for the men's team. For the women's team, they're at home uh, on Sunday down at the Oakwood against Lewis. Now, they, uh, the Addicts are on a bit of a winning run uh, themselves. They've won four uh, in uh, on the spin, uh, the, the uh, women's team. And uh, so uh, Ella Rutherford was asked to look ahead to this game with Lewis, a team that has actually beaten us twice this season uh, in league and cup away from home. Uh, so a, a tough one. Uh, for the women's team to get their teeth into this weekend. Um, yeah, we're all looking looking forward to the game. All excited, um, you know, just coming off the back end of of this weekend, not having a game, so we're all just raring to go. Um, training's been good today, and and rest of the week we'll look forward to it. So, the team are in excellent form at the moment. What is the mood like in the camp? Yeah, it's positive. Um, you know, we always try to remain positive regardless of, of results on the weekend. But um, yeah, we, we're on a good run at the minute and we just want to keep the momentum and keep pushing on. And what sort of test will Lewis pose this weekend? Um, they're a bit of a banana skin for us last last time out. We've played them twice now, uh, one in Conti Cup, one in the league. Um, you know, we, we know what they're about. Uh, the staff are working really hard, obviously, behind the scenes to get us as prepared as possible. So uh, as long as we go out there and follow the game plan, um, I think the result will take care of itself. How much are you looking forward to being back? Obviously, there's been a few cup games. How much are you looking forward to being back in league action? Yeah, league actions, you know, it's, it's always um, exciting. You know, this league, um, results go either way on the day. So um, we'll just focus on ourselves. And uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to being back in league action. And Sunday's game is the start of the club's Football v Homophobia week. Uh, how important is that for the club in general? Yeah, it's massive. I know uh, Charlton have got a, a long history of uh, supporting supporting that and, and the LGBTQ plus community um, in and around that. So not only is it important for the club, but it's also really important for the players as well to sort of get behind that. And, uh, you know, football, it, everyone has a place in football. Um, so, yeah, it's just about, I think, really just getting behind that and, and uh, supporting it, which we're all proud and happy to do. Yeah, thanks to Ella there. She's speaking about the, the Football Against Homophobia Week. Uh, which the club is celebrating uh, this week starts with that game uh, for the women's team against Lewis on Saturday. I'm sure we'll, we'll hear more about that. But yeah, if you can get down to the Oakwood to support the girls and uh, make sure you're down there. They're on a really good uh, run of form. Hopefully they can uh, continue that. Now, you may have seen uh, this week uh, in the news, uh, the Addicts news, that there's been uh, some changes in the academy. Uh, Hamza Sarrar has left. Uh, he's left the club. So it means that Danny Sender has been uh, stepped up to be, become the senior professional development phase lead coach. Uh, so overlooking uh, 17 to 21 uh, technically and tactically uh, that means that Jason Pierce of course the former club captain uh, will uh, step up to the under 18s league coach and Chris Locke who is the under 16s coach at the moment will be assisting Piercy uh, on an interim basis so Dean Holden first of all was asked what he made of those changes this week yeah that, I mean I sp- obviously spoke to Steve at, when I first came in I was aware of these changes um, obviously only got announced yesterday but I was aware of what was happening right from day one of coming in um, obviously Piercy had been helping out with Anthony with the first team so 
you know, was well well aware of that. Um, I think what Steve said, I would echo in terms of the pedigree of the coaches. Jason, in particular, has only been, you know, he's a baby in terms of coaching from retiring in last summer. But he's, you know, I watch him quite a bit when we finish our session, sorry, or, or before our training sessions. I go and have a little look over there and watch him training. And a little bit like he was as a player, just so passionate. You know, he gets his messages across, really good communicator. And, um, yeah, and Danny, yeah, I've spoke to Danny in detail. He's, he's been in my office a couple of times and we've discussed some some key things in terms of that pathway from, from his group up into the first team. And again, this morning we had a couple of younger players training with us. Um, so that, that that pathway is, is there clear. That's that's always going to be the case while I'm in charge at this football club. There'll always be that, you know, the players that are performing well at that level will always get opportunities. So, and Chris, as you say, so yeah, really pleased actually because it's there's not too much change in terms of, you know, bringing people in from the outside. There's, the players are well aware of. Of the, of the staff that are in place and, and why change something that's working so well. It's good to see that Dean's keeping an eye on the academy uh, set up as well because he has used a lot of their players uh, already and uh, well what a great moment that is for Danny Sender as well so he was asked uh, what it means to him to make that step up uh, to the uh, senior professional development phase lead coach. Yeah I'm incredibly pleased to be honest um, obviously I came to the club uh, as under 23 assistant uh, coach to Anthony Hayes and Hayes has gone on and and doing what he's doing, a fantastic job in the first team now. So to make the step up, um, and for myself to come up under 21 head coach at Phase Lead is, uh, yeah, I'm really, uh, uh, proud to have the responsibility of what is, uh, a fantastic company, really. And Steve Avery has spoken about the leadership that you've shown this year with the under 18s. Is that something you'd be looking to bring to this, this under 21s group as well? Absolutely. And I think that's a, a, a key part of, um, be moving to the under 21s is that having that time that I spent with the under 18s that I've got a real understanding of that group now. Uh, I've got an understanding of, of the staff and how we all work. Um, so I think the key factor to it is to, uh, to align the whole professional development phase 17s to under 21s. Um, and it's going to make my life and the staff and ultimately the players' life a lot easier. Uh, now we've been transitioning up and overseeing the whole phase. Um, it means that we're, we're all on the same page, which is hugely important for not only the, the professional development phase, but the, the whole academy. And it's been a good couple of days, the academy. I mean, you would have worked with Tyrese Campbell um, throughout the, well, throughout your time here, really. I mean, how pleased are you to see how well he did at the weekend? Yeah, it's fantastic. Whenever one of the academy boys step up uh, into the first team and... Deliver, and it's it's hugely pleased please the team to be honest because I know how hard he's worked to get the opportunity first and foremost uh, to get his first senior goal was you know, it's pleasing for all of us when that happens and it's not only what happened with he getting his first goal the amount of experiences that we had up at um, at Old Trafford on on Tuesday night um, you know they did the entire academy proud against Manchester United although we didn't get the result and um, to have as many academy players on the pitch. Um, was hugely pleasing and all the academy staff were up there in the stand supporting them and you, yeah you mentioned that I saw some of the pictures on social media actually what, what was that like what was that experience like being in the stands watching the players you coached at Old Trafford yes it was it was surreal to be honest because you're almost watching it like proud uh, parents almost uh, from afar and a lot of hard work that those boys have put in and, and that's the reward they can get and you know the flip side of it is now is that it's it's an easy win for us to take back to the academy and show the other boys what what the rewards actually are and what you can do with you know if you apply yourself and even the process and what we're trying to do that 
you know, you can go and play on the, the biggest stage in the world. And back back to the under twenty ones. I mean, what what's your focus is now uh, for the rest of this season? Yeah, um, as you say, we've got some successes. Uh, the boys in the first team, TTC getting his goal. And what we do, we always look to the next one. Um, we say that to the boys regularly. Whenever we get any success, we say, well, who's next? Um, and ultimately, that's our job. Our job is to get back to work. It's nice, you know, to see the end results. But ultimately, our job is to keep producing players, good players, um, for the club and for the game. So that that's our focus. We turn to the next individual who we can push through. And there's, there's a good few coming through, unfortunately. Oh, good to see the academies in, in good hands. Um, I, I, I'd imagine not a great deal of fans know much about Danny. Uh, obviously, we just heard from him there, and, and he's, he's doing a, doing a very good job. But for PSC as well, it's nice to see him, you know, making his way up. Um, I was I was, I was reading about how much he enjoyed being in the away end um, at Man United. Uh, uh, earlier today as well, which was brilliant. But yeah, it, it's great to see someone like Piercy involved in a in a blossoming sort of academy setup, Tom. Definitely, and look, we could, we've probably waxed lyrical about that academy certainly since I was doing the show, and rightly so. Um, and, and what always pleases me is there is a level of consistency throughout the academy, and as, for as long as I can remember, there always has been. So it's not always all of the same names, but if somebody comes out they sort of all shuffle up a little bit and somebody comes in at the bottom and then starts to grow with them as well. They find opportunities for ex-players, the likes of Jason Yule recently, obviously, and, and now Piercy amongst, I'm sure, a whole host of others as well. And yeah, speaking about him specifically, he deserves the opportunity. You know, he had a very, very brief opportunity to be part of the first team setup. He's obviously expressed a desire to do coaching longer term anyway, following his retirement. Uh, whether he's a, a future manager here obviously remains to be seen. I think we're a little way from seeing that, but I think what an opportunity for him to learn. And and as I said, this is one of, whether it's down on paper as it or not, one of the best academies in terms of producing players, that certainly that I'm aware of. It gives players and opportunities here as well. So for him, he is working with high quality players at, at that level. So uh, yeah, great experience for them all. And, and as I say, that level of consistency and just shuffling people around is, I think, part of what makes the academy as strong as it is. Certainly right. In terms of level of consistency, we've got a message, uh, a couple of messages in this one from Rachel, uh, uh, sort of celebrating our consistency as a club, saying that Todd Kane getting injured is the most Charlton thing ever, breaking a new player before the end of his first half and then been being out for seven weeks. You know, unfortunately, that is, or several weeks, not seven. I haven't got a specific number. Uh, that is unfortunately the way it goes. We had a message from Arthur as well during the week, actually. Um, he says, uh, the person who stood out for me uh, during the Barnsley game is without doubt the new manager, without his attitude and understanding. Uh, similar to that of Boyo, we would be in a very bad place. The players of a team also stood out as a team. Very impressed by all I have my interest back. Uh, after the sacking of Johnny Jackson, it wasn't the same because I do not um, support a project. Uh, so he'd lost the connection, but he says he's feeling that again now that um, uh, the Dean Holden is at the reins. And then uh, Adam Biggs from the Upbeats uh, says, hello, um, can you uh, hope uh, hoping to see Charlton get three points on the table uh, this weekend and at all the home games as well? well? Hopefully Charlton can win as many home games as possible between now uh, and the end of the season. It's an away game, of course, though, this Saturday. We're heading up to Peterborough. Uh, so I wanted to find out a little bit more about Dar- uh, Darren Ferguson's side. I spoke to Nathan Brown from the Yellow uh, Block pod. Uh, on uh, on on uh, Peter Brown, what he's made of the season so far? Um, a bit of a mixed bag, really. Um, I think you know coming straight down from the championship, but a lot of our fan base were were expecting us to probably go straight back up. 
um, and really be challenging for that top two and, and for that title, which, you know, we, we place a lot of sort of expectation on ourselves with, with that. Um, because I, I, I think the squad that we have should be good enough to do that. But ultimately, the a lot of the squad hasn't performed as well as, as they should be. Um, and, and that's kind of been where we've been at. Um, our results haven't been as, as good as we'd expected in terms of dropping points quite regularly. And then obviously under Grant towards the, the back end of his stint, we we were really losing a lot of games and went on a, an awful run. And ultimately that's culminated in, in um, Fergie coming back. Um, so yeah, it certainly has been a mixed bag, but we're still in the conversation for playoffs. Um, you know, I, I definitely think, as, as Fergie said, that the top four is probably out and it's up to us to try and get in that fifth or sixth position and, and get ourselves in the playoffs. Because I think, you know, it's always that side that, that has a bit of momentum towards the back end of the season that, that ultimately tends to win the playoffs. And, and I think we could definitely be in with a very big shout for that. So, yeah, there's there's still an element of, of hope there and, and obviously, you know, still expectation to, to do well. Um, but, yeah, as I said, it's it's not gone perfectly, shall I say. Mm, yeah now, now obviously we, we, we've just been through it ourselves in terms of a change of manager and Charlton fans yeah. were trying to get to learn a, a new fella who we didn't know a great deal about obviously that's not the case with Peterborough it's was is he fourth 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 stint third stint fourth, yeah it yeah, is the fourth. fourth stint of of Darren Ferguson yeah. so I mean what, what do the fans make of this uh, I mean the, the, the phrase managerial merry-go-round is obviously one that gets thrown about at Peterborough it's just like one of those little tiny ones they're having a kid's playground where you can only fit two people on it yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, I think, yeah, again, it's a mixed bag. Um, sorry for using the same phrase, but some of the fan base, I think, are quite happy because obviously they see a, a multi-promotion um, winner there, you know, been at the club before, so knows what, what it's about, has always been a very, very good manager for us, um, you know, has has history with the club. So I think there's there's a lot of, you know, boxes ticked there. I, I came at it from the point of view that I can agree with that and I see that side of it, but I also see the side of the fact that I think this this squad needs a refresh. I think it needs a completely new voice. I think the club needs a, a completely new voice as well. Um, and ultimately, I think we're going to get that at the end of the season because um, Bergie's been very clear that he's he's here for um, to the end of the season and that's it. He's, he's not looking beyond that. Um, and I think, you know, since he's come in, that's probably the right decision to make. Um, but yeah, largely the fan base, I think, are, are quite torn on it. I think half probably think it's a good decision. I think half are a bit unsure as to if it's going to work. And if it does work, I think they're a bit concerned about him, you know, signing permanently and, and us having him in, in the championship for another year if, if ultimately he is successful, which I suppose is the goal. Um, so yeah, it, it seemed like a very odd decision at the time. I think all of the fan base probably were in, in agreement that, that Grant had, had done his time that things weren't improving and that if we were going to save the season, he needed to move on. Um, but yeah, certainly a lot of the fan base as well weren't too keen on Fergie coming back. Obviously, we, we beat Port Vale in the week on Monday. That was a really, really good result and a very good second half performance. So I think that's something to build on. Um, but it, yeah, it, it very much lies in the balance in, in terms of how Fergie can do in, in the upcoming games. If he can get us into the playoffs, then I think, you know, he's he's served his purpose. Um but as I say, I think you know four times is a little too much. I have utmost respect for the man. He's he's given me personally as a posh fan some of the best you know years of my life and then seasons of my life. So I, I can never you know I can never not re- repay that. But I think uh, yeah, as I said, a fourth time is, is just a little too much. And and hopefully it's it's successful. But you know I'm I'm not holding out you know expectation on it because that you know I think 
he's he's been here before and therefore the voices aren't necessarily going to be you know reciprocated and, and I don't know whether the players are going to listen too much to, to what he's got to say um having been there um with him before you know that the squad is pretty much the same that he had bar you know a handful of players um hopefully he can do and, and obviously the fact that that we won you know his, his first game back means you know something's changed but you know, I guess that the proof is going to be in the pudding, you know, when we play you guys at the weekend and, and obviously games in, in the future as well. Yeah, I mean, when you came to the Valley on, on Boxing Day, that was on the back of, of five straight defeats in all competitions, in, including cup games. Um, but, you know, including that draw on Boxing Day, it's only it's only one defeat in four. You've said about that that win at Port Vale on Monday, which which a lot of us would have watched on TV as well. I mean, has there been a sense over the last couple of weeks that maybe the tide is, is turning in, in your favour? Um, I think it, it's it's the fact that Fergie's come back and he's been there and done that before. I think that's added some level of calmness in, in the last sort of week and a half, two weeks since he's been back. I think it really has helped him that he's had, um, we didn't have a game last weekend, the weekend before. Um, so he's had quite a bit of time with the players. And I think that's probably the best thing. Um, the fact that he's, he's had a week and a half to sort of, get his ideas across, you know, assess the squad, what he thinks is, is needed, what he thinks maybe isn't needed. Um, and and that's been a really positive sort of situation for him. Um, and as I said, ultimately, the proof will be in the pudding, as you say, um, you know, not lost in four, but, you know, we're, we're just going to have to see um, how he goes. Um, and, I, you know, I really can't call it. That's, that's how difficult a situation I think it is. Um, as I said, I think it's the right decision Grant went. But I'm I'm on the fence as as to how I think Fergie's going to do. I, I really couldn't call it. I think it'll go one of two ways. Um, either it'll be an absolute you know storming success, and and obviously we'll applaud him, um, or it'll go the other way where it's you know a bit of a damp squib, and and ultimately it doesn't end um, end well. But I guess yeah, like I said, we'll see. Obviously, look. I mean, looking ahead to the game on Saturday, and again, obviously a lot of Trump fans have seen Posh play very recently with that game on. On Boxing Day, but if there are any players that the, the Charlton fans should be wary of, obviously Johnson Clark Harris's name always gets mentioned. Yep. Um, the, the goal went down as his at the Valley on Boxing Day, as his only goal in his last six or seven games. I mean, Kwame Poku is, is another name that's come up, and he's yep. looked quite lively. Uh, are they the two main men? Is there anyone else you'd like to throw into the mix as well? Yeah, they're they're two really really key players. Um, I mean, I I adore Poku to to watch as a player. He's he's such a silky creative player. He's the kind that I wish I was on a five side pitch, but unfortunately, I'm not. Um, but yeah, so he he's an absolute um, you know whirlwind of a player, and and I think he's going to have a massive massive uh, future for us. Um, as you say, Clark Harris, you know, he's he's the talisman. He's the captain, and and we really do need him getting into a, a goal scoring run of form. Um, as you say, he's he's not really been been here doing that of late. Um, but I think a, a player that maybe goes under the radar sometimes is is Efron Mason-Clark. He obviously scored twice on uh, on Monday. He's He's been a really, really good signing from Barnet and one that the fan base weren't too keen on bringing in, um, you know, looking at his past history, playing for Barnet, um, hadn't necessarily knocked too many doors down. And, and then since he's come in, he's been a breath of fresh air and, and really, really surprised. Um, a lot of us, I'd, I'd probably say he has been the best signing that we've, we've made this, this season. So, I think he will be a really, really key player. Um, I think Joe Ward is always one to keep an eye on. You know, great crossing ability, as you saw at the at the weekend uh, on Monday, sorry. And um, yeah, he he will be a really real um, threat from that that right wing. Um, and for me, I always like watching Jack Taylor in, in centre midfield as well. He's he's always a threat from distance, really creative, busy player. 
and tries to get box to box. So we definitely got threats in in a lot of areas, and and you know ultimately we're coming up against a, a side that you know in yourselves that just change manager as well you know it, it might be a case of unknown identity you know not too sure what what we're going to get so hopefully we can can go all out attack as, as we seem to do in that second half on, on Monday and, and hopefully that'll um, breed into a, a really really good result there we go massive thanks to Nathan there for sharing his thoughts um yeah uh, ever so slightly upturned their their form recently but you know I, I think for a, a club with the expectation levels that they have they probably have had a disappointing season I think that they um probably deserve their win at Port Vale uh, on Monday evening and like I say that they, they've, they've just gone one defeat in four now so so maybe they're hitting form at the right time to try and make a dart towards the playoffs uh, we'll be hoping that we can stop them in their tracks on Saturday right we've run out of time on this week's uh, big match preview thanks for everyone who's tuned in uh, and sent your messages in as well don't forget after the game up at Peterborough uh, keep an eye out for us with our microphones we'll try and grab some post-match reaction uh, on the way back as well so keep an eye out for us and uh, if you want to have your say after that game you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk or tweet us at Charlton Live. Let us know what you make of the performance up at London Road on Saturday. Right, thank you to Tom and Lewis for joining me on the Big Match Preview this week. Cheers, Cheers guys. Good to speak to you, the pair of you. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. We shall see you again on Sunday. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.